I've been studying, looking in the book of Romans, the first chapter of Romans here recently, and been considering the, this topic of the wrath of God, and, and I noticed some things that I guess I have failed to notice, again, a reason to question the mind, but uh, may, there's nothing new here uh, this evening, but uh, just some things that, that we don't talk about very often, you know. We know that the gospel speaks of God's wrath quite often. Uh, it tells tells of that coming day when the second coming of Christ will come to pass and God's wrath will be poured out upon the wicked. And it talks about that being a fiery day and, and the day of the earth coming to an end uh, under condition of fire. And we see these scriptures in Romans 2 uh, verses 4 through 6. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? You ever thought about that? How often do you despise the, the goodness and the long-suffering of God? I'm afraid I do it pretty often. Don't you know that that goodness and that long-suffering, that forbearance, leads us to repentance? Do we forget that? Verse 5, But after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteousness of judgment of God who will render to every man according to his deeds. Now, we store up for ourselves, we treasure up to ourselves all kinds of things in this life, mostly financial things. Uh, as you get older, you want to treasure it, you want to have a Enough that you've saved so you won't be a burden to someone else in your old age. You want, you want to treasure that up. We want to treasure friends, people that really love us. That gets more dear to us as we get older, people that really thinks a lot of us and loves us and, and wants the best for us. That's important. We treasure up these people. Those people that really don't care anything about us don't become very important to us anymore. But we treasure up all kinds of things. Have you ever thought about a hard and impenitent heart treasuring up wrath under the day of wrath? Do you know anybody that says, man, I'm looking forward to that day of wrath. In fact, I want it to be worse than that. I want more wrath. Nobody wants that. But that's what we're doing in this life a lot of times. We're, we're treasuring up more wrath to us. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3 and verse 7, but the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of the ungodly men. You know, Sean talked about this morning how God is the creator. He, he is existent. He is the reason that the earth stands today. He's protecting the earth today from his own wrath. He's withholding that wrath today. And he's keeping it in reserve. And someday that, that day will come when that reserve will be over and he's done with it. And that'll be the day of judgment. Against the day of fire, the judgment and perdition of undoubtedly men. It's not going to be a day that we want to be a part of. It's not a day that the, the ungodly and the unrighteous will look forward to. But that's not really what I want to talk to you about today. 
Because as I was looking here in Romans, the first chapter, if you prefer to read out of the Bible, we'll spend a lot of time in the first chapter of Romans this evening. But the scriptures here speak of God's wrath already revealed to us. And we think, we think of God's wrath as being something that's going to come. It's somewhere down the line. We don't know what it's going to look like. We know it's going to be bad. But we don't know exactly what it's look like, going to look like. But as a Christian, we trust that that day is coming. But the scriptures speak of God's wrath that's already here. Not only is it already here, we see it. And that's what I want to talk to you about a little bit to seeing this wrath of God that has already been revealed. In verse 18 of Romans chapter 1, the Bible says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. Now I want you to notice very closely there. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. It's already revealed. A form of it, if, if you will, a foretaste of what's coming, a foreshadowing of the wrath of God in the day of judgment. The Bible says it's, it's been revealed. It's already here. Uh, just a small sampling of it, if you will. Why, why does God do this? Why has God let mankind see this preview of his wrath to come? How does he express his anger uh, even now before the day of judgment? How does he do that? And I think we can find those answers in the first chapter of the book of Romans. Why does God make his wrath known to us? Why would he do that? Quite simply, it's because we don't treat his truth the way we should treat it. To get an idea of this, I want, you to, I want you to consider this scripture, Romans 1 and 18. Let's look at it in the New King James Version, and I think things begin to make sense. <clears throat> For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. That's, that's what the scripture is talking about. We suppress the truth. Brothers and sisters, when we sin, when we're caught up in sin, when we're living in a life of sin, we suppress the truth. We make the truth appear to be something it's not. Truth is truth, and when we suppress it, we make it look like it's not truth anymore. And that's what some people were doing here in the first, first chapter of the book of Romans. Now Paul here is writing this letter to the Romans, he's writing to the church. He's telling the church about these people. I want you to keep that in mind. He's telling the church what's going on here. He's giving them a view. He's, if you will, he's written a book about these unrighteous people. And he's telling the church at Rome, this is what's, this is what's happening here. But I want you to notice that we... Suppress the truth. We snub the truth. We ignore the truth, uh, if you will. In verse 19 through 20, the Bible says, But that which may, may be known of God is manifest in them, 
for God has showed it unto them. You ever think about that? That which may be known of God is manifest, which is revealed or made known. He manifests in them, these people, these very people that he's talking about, for God has showed it to them. Now, as we read through this, if you read through that old chapter, you'll see what these people were doing, and you think, man, they're not good people. They're not Christians. And that, that's true. But the Bible says that God has made known, that which is made known of God is made known in them. God has showed it to them. Even them. Those people. Even they know. You know, they may have suppressed it. They may have ignored it to the point that they can't see it anymore. Verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Now, I, I agree this scripture is a little hard to sort out. We start out by talking about invisible things. We know, all know invisible things are things you can't see. So how do we know what they are? Well, the Bible says that even though they are invisible things, it says they are clearly seen by or being understood by the things that are made. So even though God to us is invisible, we haven't seen him. We see what he's done. We see what he's created. We see what he's made. We see everything around us. And through those things, we can clearly see that they were made. As Sean said this morning, it becomes clear to us who made them because of the ignorance of, of the alternative thoughts about how it came into existence. You look at those things and you think, there's no way that came from nothing. It just can't happen. It says even his eternal power and Godhead is revealed to us by things that he has created, by things that he has made, so that they are without excuse. These people that are being talked about in 1 Romans, they don't have an excuse. We don't have an excuse today when we suppress those things. <clears throat> the things that, about God that he has revealed to mankind makes him known to mankind. Now I want you to just think about a few things for just a, a few minutes. And I'm sure there's a lot better uh, comparisons than I can make here. But just some things that came to mind. Your ability to reason. Did you know that God put that within you? Every single one of us. No matter whether you're a Christian, whether you're not a Christian, no matter if you're the most horrible person that ever lived, at some point God had put it within you the ability to reason. Now, everybody knows that I raise cattle, so... I tend to equate things to cattle quite often. Did you know that animals are reactionary? That's all they are. They don't have the ability to reason. They just react to stimuli that's put in front of them. I can go out there in my pickup and I can chase my cows and they'll run to the other side of the pasture and if I keep chasing them, they'll tear through the fence and run off. I can stop chasing them 
and honk the horn at them and they'll chase me back to the feed trough. They don't reason. They're just reacting to what's going on inside them. We have the ability to reason. In that same scenario, we would have the ability to stop and say, why am I running? I shouldn't be running. In a minute, he's going to offer some feed and I won't be on the other side of the pasture. You see, a human has the ability to read. God did that for us. He put within us that ability to reason, unlike the animal kingdom. Your sense of morality and justice. You know, again, you say, well, some people don't have that. Yes, they do. Everyone has that at some point in their life. Now, they may have suppressed it to the point that it's not evident anymore. But God puts it in within each one and every one of us a sense of morality and, and justice. You know, that doesn't exist in the animal kingdom. As Sean talked about this morning, the creatures, they take what they want, when they want it, if they are strong enough to take it. That's all they know. They don't, they don't care whether it hurts someone, someone else or something else, even someone of their own species. You take a, a cow, an older cow, and she will eat the very last bite of grass when her baby calf is standing right there beside her. She'll eat that grass and not ever think a thing about it, not ever think that, about the harm it may do to that calf. That's something unique to humans that God has put in within each and every one of us. We have a longing for a greater spirituality. I think at some point in everyone's life they have that thought, that longing for, for greater spiritual connection. Charlene and I have got a dog. That dog wants to play. That's all he wants to do. You throw a ball or a squeaky toy and he will chase it and bring it back to you, I guess, until he passes out. I don't know. That's all he knows. He doesn't reason with him himself. He doesn't think, well, if I had a greater connection to them, my life would be better. That's unique to the human, human mankind. We have a longing for a relationship with our creator. Now that can be increased or it can be suppressed. But we have that longing for a greater relationship. You know, I'm not the creator of my cows, but my relationship with them, which many people in the world today would say I have a relationship with them, my relationship exists when I go out to feed them. And they're, you know, I guess as much as you can tell within a cow, they look happy to see me. But you know, if I, if I put out enough feed for them for a week, they don't care if they ever see me again. If I don't show up the next day and they've still got food, they don't care. They're not going to get out and come looking for me and say, hey, what happened? Where are you? You okay? They don't have that ability to reason. That's only us. We have the ability to seek a greater relationship with our creator. And finally, the human response to beauty. We're the only creation of man that sometimes you stop. For me, it's a 65-degree morning. I step outside, the sun's shining, no wind. 
And I think, man, it don't get no better than this. I like the way Monty put it a couple of weeks ago as he was leading this song. My God, how great thou art. I've taken a lot of cattle in my life and put them on wheat. Wheat this tall. And it's green. It's beautiful. It's lush. And I've never had a cow yet stop, get out of the trailer and stop and say, wow. What about this? They immediately go to it, and their thought is, eat it, eat it now, eat all of it before somebody else does. The human has the ability to respond to beauty. That's things that God has put into each every, every one of us. I don't care how evil you are, at some point, you had the ability to respond to each one of them. You may have suppressed it, you may have buried it, to the point that it can't be seen anymore. But at some point, you had that within you. These are the things that have been revealed by God to us. Psalms 19, verses 1 through 2, the Bible says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. The heavens declare God, the glory of God. You ever noticed an animal go out on a clear night, look up at the stars and just sit down and just continue to stare? The heavens reveal that to the human, not the animal. So much so that the Bible says there in Psalms that day unto day utter speaks. It speaks to us. It teaches us. Night unto night showeth knowledge. It teaches us things that we need to know. Just by viewing the creation. Invisible traits of God that the Bible says are clearly seen, clearly understood by things that we can see. As Sean talked about this morning, you know, the, the Big Bang evolution, so popular today. But still, if you talk to most people, the majority of people would look at the creation and say, that didn't just happen. That didn't just come from nothing. We can see it. <clears throat> but when man fails to listen to that inner self, that, inner, that beauty and design of the universe, when we ignore it, when we suppress it, when we try to bury it, that universe that says that God exists, he is existence, as Sean talked about this morning, that makes God angry. Makes him unhappy. <clears throat> Another reason that God has revealed his wrath to us in this life is because we're, we're sinful. We're ungrateful. We're foolish. We're not thankful. Romans 1 and 21 says, Because that when thou, they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. You know, I think in my life, and perhaps in the life of nearly every Christian, this may be the biggest problem. We know God. A lot of us have, have, have known of God, have been taught of God all our life, from a very young age. We know God, 
but that we glorify him as God. I'm afraid I fail in that area sometimes. Not thankful as we ought to be that God was the creator of everything, has given us everything. Without him, we don't exist. Yet we don't glorify him as God. When you do that, you become vain in your imaginations and your heart gets dark. And then the things that God has put within us that we can see that our instinct to us become suppressed. They become hard to find. Notice how these people that Paul is speaking about here in the 21st uh, verse, notice how they viewed themselves as opposed to how God viewed them. Beginning in the 22nd verse. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man. And to birds, and to four-footed beasts, and creeping things. They believed they were wise. They professed themselves to be wise. God said they're really foolish. They're foolish. That's how I see them. But the main thing is they changed the glory of God, the glory of the incorruptible God, into an image made like unto corruptible man. Now, how do you do this? How could you do that? I mean, that's God. You can't change that, but you can change the image. When you're not the Christian you're supposed to be, when you're not living the way you're supposed to be, you make God begin to look like man. You make him begin to look like he's not any, any better than everything he created. The birds, the four-footed beasts, the creepy, creeping things, he created it all. But we begin to make him look like he didn't have anything to do with that. Because we profess ourselves to be wise. We're more important. Have you ever thought about the consequence of not glorying God, not giving God... God the glory that he deserves you know what it leads to it leads to idolatry the worship of oneself rather than God that's what it leads to to those around about us if we do this then we make God appear corruptible just like we are and today we're no different you know we, we worship ourselves we're covetous covetous we worship money. We worship entertainment. We want what we want, and we want it right now. That's the way we are. Ephesians 5 and 5 says, For this we know that no whoremonger or unclean person nor covetous man nor idolater hath any inheritance in the, king, in the kingdom of Christ and of God. When man ceases to be thankful to God and places things, wishes above God, then God's angry. And sometimes we see forms of that wrath. We know that the wrath of God in the day of judgment will be come to a fiery end. The world will come to, to a fiery end as we see in 2 Peter 3 and verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, 
and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. We understand that. We've been taught that. We even to some degree ex ex expect that to happen. We haven't seen it yet, but we expect it to happen. God's wrath today is a little more subtle than that. But it's still severe nonetheless. So I want to talk just a little bit about how God manifests or makes known his wrath to us today. In Romans chapter 1 verse 24, the Bible says, Wherefore God also gave them up. He gave them up. The uh, Greek word there is paradidomi. And it means he walks away. He basically just walks away. Okay, you want it that way? Do whatever you want. Sean talked about that a little bit this morning. Be whatever you want to be. I'm not going to force you to follow me. How scary a thought is that for God to give up on you? Say, okay, do what you want to do. It says, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through lust of their own hearts, dishonoring their own bodies between themselves. He gave them up. <clears throat> no fire from heaven, as in the days of Nab Nadab and Abihu, no fire come out and consume them. The earth didn't open its mouth and swallow them up as it did the followers of Korah in the Old Testament. God just walks away. Simply leaves man to his own desires. Allows them to have the lust wherever their heart would lead them to go. Whatever they path they choose to follow. God says, get after it. Do what you want to do. Mark chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. <clears throat> For from within, out of the heart of man, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these, things, all these evil things come from within and defile the man. The Bible there and... and the previous chapter of Romans in, chapter, in verse 24 said that they dishonored their, their own bodies among themselves. You might ask in what way? And this is where I'm going to do something a little different today. Because we've been preaching this for decades. We've been talking about this for decades. And I have some of the very same people come to me from time to time, ask me, where do you find where do you find this problem where, where, where is it in the Bible and I tell them and a few years later they may I, I just don't think that's in the Bible how they dishonored their bodies so I'll tell you what I want you to do I want you to go home this evening I don't want you to think you know what's in it I want you to go home and I want you to read Romans chapter 1 verses 25 through 28 just a few verses. And you will see what God is speaking about. And I hope it makes an impact. Because we continue 
to look at these things and we say, well, I, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're good folks, and, and, and they probably are. I'm not disagreeing with that, but I just can't see how God could turn against them. God says they dishonored their own bodies. They did it. They, they were the ones made the decision. God said, okay, do what you want to do. I want you to go home and read that. And maybe we'll all remember then what it is that God is looking at when he sees these things. When we suppress the truth within us, we're headed down the same road that these people were headed down. So why did God do this? Well, verse 25 says, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. When we serve ourselves, the one who has created the creature, more than we do the one who created us. When we want what we want worse than what God wants us for us, that's what we're doing. We've changed the truth of God into a lie. God does not lie. But we've suppressed things and we've made it look like that he does lie. We worship and serve the creature more than the creator. God gives up man to his vile passions. Again, paradidomy. Again, no fanfare, no big show, no thousands of people being struck dead. God just says, okay, have it your way. The beginning part of Romans chapter 1, verse 26, for this cause, God gave them up. He gave them up. You could say he gave up on them. He gave them up into vile affections, to corrupted minds, to unrighteousness, to all these things we see in the world today. Again, in Romans 1 and 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over, paradidomy, same thing. He gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. They didn't like to retain God in their knowledge. They didn't want to think about God. They didn't want to study about God. They didn't want to believe in God. How rampant is that today? God gave them over. He gave them up to a corrupt mind to do, th do things that they should not do. To do things that they should not want to do. To do things against nature that nature told them was wrong. The result of being given up. Again, I hope you'll go home and, and read those few verses. And that's the, that's the people that God gave up. Because they were doing things that internally God was telling them that they shouldn't do. <clears throat> Now, I want you to notice how their lives turned out. And some of these things are going to ring a bell to you. They do to me. 
This is what happens to them, to, to those that, that uh, God gives up. This, this is the appearance of God's wrath today. When he gives up on a, per, a person, this is the direction they go. This is where they go to. This is how God's wrath is poured out on them. Verses 29 through 31. These people that we just saw, that we just read about, these people were filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without, understand, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. There you are. There's the wrath of God poured out on us today. When we don't like to retain God in our knowledge, when we don't like to worship and serve the Creator, we want to worship ourselves more. When we're willing to dishonor our own body, give ourselves up to vile affections, here's what you get. And the thing of it is, we see a lot of this. We know that, that we see these things today. We see them in the, in the world around about us today. Now I want you to notice what Paul says to the church. I told you earlier, Paul was talking to the church. He's talking about this people. And he said, Here, here's what these people look like. Now I want to show you. Verse 32, Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. You know that. I know that. We know that. When you commit these things that we just saw in the previous verse here, when we do those things, we're worthy of death. They were worthy of death. Notice, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. You see, all of that garbage, and you do the same. Not only do you do the same, but you encourage them. Here, here's how we might put it today. Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, yet we still do them, and we approve and encourage those who do it. Many times that's us today. Why do we do that? Why do we look at people like this and say, I want to do what they're doing. I wish I could do that. If I, you know, if I just wasn't a Christian, I could do that. Why do we do that? Why, why do we look at them and say, they're, they're not bad people, and they may not be bad people, but why, why do we look at them and in a misguided attempt, encourage them and approve them? I don't mean that we have to be cruel to them. I don't mean we have to be unkind to them. But why do we let them influence us and influence our children? Why do we do that? Why do we do what they do? And why do we approve and encourage them to continue? <clears throat> have you ever realized that People who sin don't often want to sin alone. We want, we want somebody else to approve with us. 
look at this list again. We won't look at all of them, but just a few. Fornication. Can't do it alone. Got to have somebody comply with you. You're taking somebody else down with you. Whisperers. Unless you got somebody to listen to you. Can't really whisper to yourself. You want somebody else to hear what you got to say. Not only that, usually you want them to agree with you. Same thing with backbiters. Oh, Josh, he's a knucklehead. Yeah, he is. You're right. That's what we want. We want people to agree with us. You ever thought about haters of God? I don't know how many of you are acquainted with an atheist, but have you ever noticed if you read about atheists and their books and their news, they, they not only want to be a hater of God, they not only want to despise God, they want you to do it too. And they're not happy unless you do. Take somebody else with you. What about the proud and the boasters? You ever listen to someone and realize they're starting to tell you how much good they do and, and how good they are at something or, or how much good they do in the world and you're sitting there thinking, well, I can do that. Or maybe, maybe you think, well, I've, I've done more than that. Maybe you don't say it. But you're sitting there and you're allowing them to influence you. What about if you're on the other side of that and you are a proud, boastful person and you realize that you're, you're speaking your mind and you're talking about things you've done and how good you are and somebody else is sitting out there and he's not so good, I've done better than that. You're causing them to sin. You're turning the creator into the creature. You're suppressing the truth. Why is this so grieving to God? Why is his wrath poured out on those that do this? Why does this make him so angry? We'll go back to the 19th verse. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. They knew it. For God has showed it to them. He didn't leave us out in the cold to learn the best we could. He put it within us. He showed it to us. He showed us what he wanted us to be. Every one of us. No matter, no matter what kind of person you are. No matter if you're the worst person that ever lived. At some point he showed you what you were supposed to be. And you suppressed it. And you drove a wedge in it. <clears throat> God has put evidence of himself in each and every one of us. We suppress it. We crush it. We heap a mountain of garbage on top of it until you can't see it anymore. And we wonder why God is unhappy with us. We say, I'll let you be you and I'll be me. <clears throat> God's wrath is manifested today simply by allowing mankind to do what he wants to do. We get to make the decision. We can follow the desires of our heart. We can follow our passions, our lust. We can stumble around in blind ignorance and we can become more unrighteous and more wicked 
day by day. In Ephesians 4, 17 through 19, there was a warning to the Gentiles. This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles in the vanity of their mind, having, the understanding, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being fat, past feeling have given themselves over, paradidomy, they gave themselves over. It's the, same, it's the same meaning. God gave them over. We made the decision. This is the path we're going to follow. Same thing. Who being past filling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you know, God's mercy and love is made known to us also. We don't have to live like that. He's made his mercy and his love, as Sean talked about this morning, known to us. If we're willing to look for it, if we're willing to dig for it, if we're willing to, to ignore ourselves and turn back to him, if we have at one time known him, we can have it all. We can have his love and mercy. If we're willing to acknowledge him and acknowledge what he has done for us, we can have it all. He lets us know this through his creation. He tells you that while, even while you were yet a sinner, he gave his son for you. 1 John 4, verses 9 and 10. And, and this was manifested, the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that you love God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be a perpetuation for our sin. Are you willing to be thankful to him? Are you willing to not suppress the instincts of goodness and mercy that he's put within you? Colossians 1 and 2 tells us, Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be, all, be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of, in light. God has made it possible for you to be the prince of the king. You don't have to live a life of garbage. You can be a prince of the king. He's made that possible for you. He's given you the opportunity to have that inheritance. Romans 2 and 4. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Are you thankful? Are you thankful enough to be repentant? Do we show every day that we want to turn from our sinful life and turn toward God? If not, you have a reason to be fearful of the wrath of God. Not just in the day of judgment, but you saw earlier what those people were living like. That, that was their existence. All of the wickedness and the corruptible things that they were involved in. That was their existence. That's the wrath of God today. If you're not walking with God today, why not? Why, why not turn away from that? Why not give up all that torment and unrighteousness? All that sinfulness? Because down deep in your soul, 
you know what God expects of you. And he expects better. Underneath all that garbage that you've put on yourself, he knows that you really can be the person he wants you to be. And you shouldn't be living this way. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.